Unbound Theatre presents The Chronicles of Professor Chronomier, The Tudor Assassin. Written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson. Chapter 14 The Plan In the dappled shade beneath the trees of the court lawns, the Professor and Astrid finished their tale of the previous night. A spy in the court, Will contemplated. We don't know his identity, but we know he means to use the performance as a way of getting to both you and the Queen. The Professor had opted not to relate a story of skin-stealing creatures from outside the realm of time, but rather a warning of espionage determined to cause civil unrest. An irresistible thought struck her. Essentially, the play's the scheme wherein they'll catch the playwright and the Queen. She smiled at Will and then remembered. Oh yes, that's right, you've not written that one yet. What one? It doesn't matter. We must find the intruder before they can strike. But we know not the shape or shade of their visage. No clue what they look like either, Astrid said shortly. You need to get away from here, Will. It's not safe. I cannot abandon my company. We play at royal command. If the right spy doesn't get him, then her mad will have his head for scarpering. Astrid reasoned to the professor, whose brow had furrowed. You won't change your mind? Never, good lady. Very well. Go back to the others and continue preparations. But if there's the slightest suggestion of anyone acting out of character, you must run. <laughs> out of character! Brilliant! laughed Astrid. Will and the professor did not join her. Well, because they're actors. Playing characters. Suit yourselves. Surely we must capture the villain and deliver him to the justice. No, the professor said firmly. Leave that to us. Just get yourself away and head for here. She took the map from her pocket, unfolded it and pointed to a spot near the river. Why there? That's where I shall be headed this afternoon. What? Astrid exclaimed. I need to fetch something which I very much hope will help us deal with the spy. Either you'll find me there or I'll catch you on the way back. And what do I do? asked Astrid. I'll explain in a moment. Will, the best of luck to you. Remember, don't draw attention to yourself and if anything untoward should occur... Run for the hills. I will, good lady. Here, said the professor, taking Marlowe's dagger from her belt and handing it to him. Will regarded it sadly. Thank you. Away to rehearsals with you. I shall see you soon. He turned and began to head for the entrance. Oh, wait, Will? Yes? Which play are you performing tonight? One of my own. The Tragedy of Richard III. I'm to play Clarence. Oh, I love that one. Save me a seat and a programme. He gave a bow, then turned and walked away. Here, why can't I come with you? Astrid demanded. He thinks he's looking for a human being. You know better. Chances are the wraith will ditch Fryzer's skin so as not to draw attention to itself. It's much too worn at the edges. See if you can find who it's masquerading as now. You'll easily pass for a servant of the court. See if you can get to the wraith before it can get to Will and Queen Elizabeth. And what do I do if I find it? Just keep an eye on it, and if it looks to strike, give it a piece of your mind. I aim to return before that becomes necessary. And where are you going, anyhow? If we get out of this alive, I promise I'll show you. Will had made his way to the room behind the stage, where his fellow actors were busying themselves. Cutting it fine, Will, mocked Charles. 
You may be the scribbler, but that doesn't excuse your rehearsals. My dear Buckingham, forgive my tardiness. Thomas ran in, looking anxiously around the room. What is it, Thomas? asked Will as he checked through his costume. It's Robert. I can't find him anywhere. I thought he came looking for you, Charles grunted. Thomas ignored him and looked back at Will. He's not anywhere. I've looked all over. The other actors sensed a problem brewing. They shared concerned glances and then collectively turned to Will. I'm sure he'll appear when the fates call for him. In the interim, we can endure his absence. Rehearsed without him? To put it in base terms, Charles, yes. But he's playing the main role. As I recall from last night's practice, Robert had conned his part rather well. Such an accolade could not be afforded to you. So I suggest we rehearse again regardless. Charles was silenced. Will turned back to Thomas and winked at him. He'll turn up. Come now, be swift to readiness. Thomas dashed away to prepare himself, and Will was left to take in his fellow performers one at a time, searching for a spy. The two guards from the gate had been relieved of their post and were headed for the barracks. As they turned a corner, they saw a man with a strong, angular face standing alone in the middle of the yard. He was stock still, looking at the sky. Who's that fella? asked the first guard. Yeah, it's one of them thesps, the second replied. He was behind the cart. You all right there? The first guard called to the actor. There was no response. He nudged his colleague to try. Sirrah? Slowly the man turned. You're with the actors, aren't you? Yes, he replied slowly. Which one are you then? Arlington, the man replied, almost unsure of his response. Robert Arlington. No, I mean which one are you in the play? I am the king. Oh, the villain himself. Yes, I am a villain. The two guards chuckled, but something in the man's tone unnerved them both. He took a step towards them and smiled. The professor had left the Palace of Whitehall and was once again heading east. It was little over a day since she'd arrived in Tudor London and begun the most extraordinary expedition of her career. Little over a day since she'd realised the wraith had followed her here. Little over a day since she'd realised she had no idea how to stop it. But a lot had happened in a day. A lot had changed. And now she had a plan. Astrid stomped around the ornately tendered yards of the court, huffing at the menial task of searching for the wraith. The frustration and boredom pulsed through her, propelling her from window to window and peering inside for clues. There had been none. She looked around at the magisterial buildings that made up the court, a long way from Bedlam, the cart horse, and the cold, wet passages and alleyways of London. Long though the night of Marlowe's death had been, it held no comparison to the winter evenings she'd spent out in the cold. She had lived a solitary life, the years of it she could remember, that is. But now, in the Professor, she'd found a friend. The professor stood at the bank of the river. Across the water was the horizon that had greeted her the previous afternoon. She cast her eye over each building lining the river and then turned her back on them. She grabbed the heavy cloth covering her time machine and pulled it to the ground. 
The familiar frame of brass, copper, marble and glass gleamed in the afternoon sun. Casting the cloth aside, she took a breath and stepped onto the marble podium. She slowly raised a hand and grasped a lever on one of the control panels. She pulled it slowly back and the serum in the glass bottles and flasks began to bubble. The familiar hum of the time engine rose to her ears and steam seeped from beneath the marble platform. As the copper blades gathered speed, she reached up and grabbed the hourglass in its metal frame. Her eyes misted over. I'm sorry. I really am. With a reluctant push, she set the hourglass in motion. The Chronicles of Professor Chronomio, an Unbound Theatre production. The Tudor Assassin was written by Dario Knight. It was performed by Erica Sanderson, with music by Kevin MacLeod. <laughs>